for Illinois Issues, I'm Daisy Contreras. This week, we talked to budget experts at the Center for Tax and Budget Accountability, as well as from the Civic Federation, to learn about their insights on the state's first spending plan in more than two years. Mr. Massal, you are the president of the Civic Federation of Chicago. In your view, what are some of the key aspects found in this budget? The most important aspect of the state having a budget for the first time in two years is that it puts parameters or some limitations on the obligations that the state of Illinois is going to incur in the coming fiscal year. For two years, the state has operated without a budget, which is not the same thing as operating with a limitation on expenses. We're still spending money. It's not the same thing as being fiscally conservative, not paying your bills and not paying your bills on time is driving an extremely large amount of expense for the state of Illinois. So the most important part is that even though the governor didn't sign the budget, the General Assembly overrode his veto to establish a limitation on the obligations that the state will incur. So for the first time in two years, there are actually appropriations for employee health insurance and retired employees' health insurance. One of the provisions of the budget package for fiscal year 2018 is an increase in the state's personal income tax rate as well as the corporate tax rate. Mr. Martiri, this question is for you. You are the executive director of the Chicago-based Center for Tax and Budget Accountability. Does your organization think this is enough to generate the revenue that the state needs? Not quite enough. I mean, certainly it's a great step forward. Before the tax increase passed, and the net tax increase is roughly about $5 billion a year, we projected the state really needed about $7.5 billion in new revenue to be able to maintain current expenditures. And that, if and only if, the state also dealt with its pension debt problem in a rational way, because the other main pressure on state finances is the repayment plan for the money that was borrowed from the five state public employee pension systems over the last few decades. And Mr. Massal, do you agree that this income tax increase was really needed as a good start, or should there have been a different approach? No person or organization has shown a credible plan by which the state could operate with its $32 billion in revenue without a tax increase, without gutting major areas of higher education, public safety, elementary education, or pushing enormous tax increases down on local governments. So the evidence, even the governor, who initially indicated his opposition to tax increases, for the state budget ended up supporting a the potential for a tax increase if it was tied to his reform agenda. But his reform agenda was not enacted by the General Assembly, and as a result, the governor didn't support the tax increase that was established. Mr. Martiri, going back to you, it sounds like the tax increase alone will not solve the state's budget crisis. What is your take on this? The math is so clear that the state of Illinois doesn't have adequate revenue to fund services to the level needed to satisfy demographically driven demand. So 
there's really a lot of room to grow here um, on the service expenditure side if we're going to even try to meet the need just generated by our state's population. And, and we need more revenue to do it. And that's the bottom line. I'm Daisy Contreras. For more information, go to IllinoisIssues.org.